I'm nice now. I'm happy that I'm nice, and I'm nice because I'm happy. It's a beautiful upward spiral of positive activity in my brain. And and I don't feel like one part of me wants to kill a kid. I don't feel like even the smallest atom in my body has a desire to murder a child. It's gone from me. I don't have it anymore. And I, I feel bad about it. I feel so bad about it. And I just believe now with all my heart you could put a child in front of me, a thousand children, each one of them in the face and I could get down on my knees and I could say son I don't want to kill you and they would look me back and they would say thank you and I believe that if if I have the opportunity to find another person to share my life with and to be connected with I promise that I would not kill her either I just would not do it. I just wish I could get back to just the old Mama Earth. Oh, Mama Earth, how I do miss you. Oh, how I miss rolling around in your dirt. Oh, that sweet old earthy mama. Oh, but the moon is cruel. The moon doesn't want to hear about it. Not like Mama Earth. Mama Earth, you could just settle down and spot and get yourself wedged into a, one of Mama Earth's many nooks and crannies and oh Mama Earth let me tell you what's wrong and I'm much nicer now if 
It's all better. I feel much better. Thank you for having me. I really did appreciate the time that I spent here, and I am desperately ready to get back to old Mama Earth. And I think if you if you ask anybody, I think they would say he's a nice man. We're sorry, denied. Oh God damn it, motherfucker! We're sorry, denied. We're sorry, denied. 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 That's why they're on the moon, folks. Now imagine this. the man he's 23 years old and he's had a lobotomy for every year of his life and i guess my only question is how is that for you uh uh well uh uh well wow it is a lot uh it's a lot at once and uh sometimes it's it's hard to sort it all out uh but at the end of the day uh, you got the lobotomies, so you might as well use them. Keep going. Uh, uh, and, I, and I like my lobotomies. You know, I think a, a lot of people, when they when they get lobotomies, think, well, that's it. I've been lobotomized. But I, I think that's, that's a really uh, cynical approach to your lobotomy. You know, for me, I've been getting lobotomies every year of my life. Uh, for, uh, since, you know, well, I got my first lobotomy on my first birthday, uh, because I had, uh, sneezed, uh, while my mother was telling a story and she just said, well, that's it. You're getting a lobotomy. And, uh, we went later that day and it was a family doctor and he was very nice. Uh, and I still go to him today and he gives me all my favorite candies and he and he gives really uh, just top notch lobotomies. Keep going. And every year that I that I go back, I like to hold a little uh, uh, well, uh, not a party, but get together uh, where I'll invite my friends. And uh, you know, if they have pets or animals, and they're certainly welcome. But uh, you know, often uh, I find uh, people aren't. Um, entirely comfortable with the uh, uh, pets allowed rule so often um, nobody can make it and truly that doesn't upset me because uh, I know that no matter how bad things get uh, I've got a lobotomy waiting for me keep going I believe in lobotomies I would have been a bad boy I would have been a bad boy had not I would have been a bad boy with no lobotomies was baked into my bones. My daddy, he never had a single lobotomy. And he left mommy. How bad a boy do you have to be to leave mommy? He was a bad boy, just like me. I guess um, what I mean to say is uh, he was a bad boy, uh, just like me, uh, before I got uh, my lobotomies.
Did you hear about what the Giants fans did to that guy? No, I didn't hear. They beat him into a coma. Took him out of his house, in front of his wife and children, beat him into a coma. Wow. They love their team. It's important to them. That's what I thought, you know. I just thought... Well, it's nobody's it's nobody's fault in this situation, you know? Bob, did you hear about the fans of that? What's that hockey team that's up in... On the left part of... They kidnapped a guy and fed him his own kids. That's too much, I think. Well, it's not his fault that he likes the team. It's not like he fed him his kids live. He wasn't, like, nibbling on their toes while they were, like, screaming, Daddy, stop. Killed the kids separately in, you know, probably as humane a way as possible. It wasn't, like, he he wasn't taking joy in killing the kids, you know. But the kids are the, you know, the not property, but the things that the man owns legally. Keep going. You know, maybe it was some. maybe he did it in a nice way. Maybe he, like, put on the music that they liked, and he gave them just handfuls of, like, poison candy. But, like, sleeping pills. And then, maybe he, you know, he just, like, chopped them up and, like, in a, in a not gross, but, like, at least food. And just, like, put them in a stew. And it stewed for, like, hours. And there was lots of other seasonings and broths. And so, just, like, there's tons of, like... A little sprinkle of this, a little dash of that. Maybe a little spritz of something here. Maybe his thing was that he wanted to be a chef. Keep going. And he was a cannibal. And, like, he was trying to figure out a way that he could, like, make someone, you know, eat. And maybe he thought that, you know, if you're going to like anybody, it's going to be, you know, your own kids. You know, your own kind. And I don't even know if the, you know, maybe the kids, maybe they were bad, maybe, but just maybe they were bad. And they didn't deserve to get killed or eaten by their dad, but maybe they weren't, maybe they were like terrible bullies and like bullied gay kids into being straight. I'm just saying maybe this is all a lot more complicated than we think. That maybe that what they did that seemed so bad maybe isn't that bad. Maybe it was good. And maybe it wasn't good, but it was passionate. It was worth something. You know, this he loved his team. He loved it so much he put it he put it all on the line for his team. Himself, the kids, their dad, himself, the kids, their dad, everybody was consumed by this man's will. It was a selfless act. And all for a hockey team. And this man, 3,000 miles across the world, I don't even know his name. Yet I trust him. I trust him because I know that he believes in something. There is nothing that you can say that will change my opinion of this.
musical written by, directed by, and starring American music icon, Real Thuddy Drums. Fifteen years ago, the two-bit king of the heartland put down his Thuddy Drums to travel the world in search of an ancient knowledge. Unbeknownst to him, for the same fifteen years, one of the Thuddy Drums band's banjo wives birthed and raised a baby boy of Thuddy's own blood. A firstborn son who didn't know existed until one day when Dunny Drums received a telegram from the 15 year old boy. He returns to America now, rich with new perspective. But can he navigate the world of contemporary American fatherhood? Can he teach his devoted fans the lessons he's learned about peace and honesty? Everybody, it's real thuddy drums. It's real thuddy drums. Hi boys, how are you? Real thuddy drums. Real thuddy drums. Real thuddy drums. Real thuddy drums. Hooray! Real thuddy drums. Will you play the thuddy drums for us? Oh no, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. No. Real thuddy drums. I got a question for you. What would you do if you saw your son kissing a boy on your front porch? Well. Never thought about that before. But I guess if I saw the two of them in front of me, I'd probably shout out, Look at them boys go! They're rocking and rolling! <laughs> Got no good reason to stop having a good time! But we don't have any drums! And let us know! No, what? That things are all rosy! Just one second. You got a problem. You can take it up with this. That's right. I pointed at my fist. You can take your problem up with my fist. When your son tells you he's gay, you'll want to punch a hole in every wall of your house. But realize what you're really punching those holes in is yourself. Yeah, I want you to be who you are. Say what you say what you mean what you say what you say. And today could be the magical day when you find out your son is gay. Real Strange, possibly gay, and that is fine. Now, in a second, do you think you might be gay? That you might have been born that way? You think that you know, I don't know if I. There's just a lot of factors and complicated things. You know, it's just not really what I Listen to these real funny times.
Um, I'd like to. I'm gonna do something a little different this time. I want to do. Um, I have this character named uh, good-natured pizza delivery guy who shrugs his shoulders a lot, and I'm just gonna do a poem as that character. I'm sorry, not a poem as the character, a poem that that character would write, or did write. So, I'm not going to do the character, because it's it's not a good character, and I don't want to do it. But, I will do a poem that that character did write. So, this is a poem by the good-natured pizza delivery guy who shrugs his shoulders a lot. Okay. Shrug! Shrug! Shrug it all off! Deliver the pizzas, you good-natured freak! Thank you for listening to Sexual Encouragement for Men. Please listen to the following two tracks in order. The first, When Intercourse is Imminent, and the second, Immediately After the Male Orgasm. Good luck. Gonna have sex, this is good. You're already doing great. Playing it cool, something's gonna happen. Okay, let's start it right. Uh-huh, 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 oh yeah. Are you feeling it? You're a man on a mission. Here it is. Take it slow. Nothing else. We're all so happy for you. We want you to succeed. Ride up on your horse and dismount your horse. Don't think about that. Just don't think about a horse. Whatever you do, don't think about a horse. Think about this. Oh, and you're strong as an ox. Oh, and something else your dad called and he's proud of you. No turning back, no turning back. This is what you want, this is what you want. And I think you look nice. And that's a good thing. And we're all so happy for you. And everything's fun and everything's good and just be cool and do a good job. Is it weird that I said that? Just don't even just ignore me, okay? It's alright. To forget about a little bit of this. And you're so talented, and everybody likes you. You're so good, you're so good at everything you do. You're so good, and we're proud of you. Nothing's wrong, and you're a normal person. You like sex, and that's good. And everything's alright. And everything's alright. And everybody loves you. Everybody loves you. Male orgasm, male orgasm, male orgasm. something just real quick I think you did so well and I want this to stick you're so great and you do everything right and everything you said is smart but we all had fun it was all worth it you You were the star and we're so proud nobody proud of who you are what you did right there you showed us all because you did what was inside you what was inside you all along 
So stand up. Here's a story. And take a bow. And make this real. Because you earned it. Everyone. And I want you to listen. Because this is all for you. And you can win because I believe in you. And before I go, there's just one thing. Just one more thing that you should know. You've never been wrong. You've never been wrong. That's true. No, you've never been wrong. No, you've never been wrong. The minute I... I'm here with football's biggest body, Randy Ramblebecker. Randy... In as many words as you can think of, why do you love football? Well, I feel so fortunate and blessed to have a body that, when and if I put it on another person's body, it will make that person's body fall to the ground. Because when you play football, during every play, you're, you need to bring a body to the ground. There's always somebody that is moving around, generally with a ball. And if you put your body on their body, they fall down and, and you make good. You win game and feel good. And that nice. That good for me. Keep going. And having that sort of a body has its own challenges. For example, I, I don't want to accidentally put my body on someone I love and trust's body, as it would make their body go to the ground. This has made life difficult for me. I can't... I can't hug uh, anyone. I haven't hugged anyone for a long time. Keep going. But it's not all bad. I led the league in bringing bodies to the ground. I led the league in touching the ball out of the air. Uh, I led the league in holding, uh, holding the ball down and getting it. And I would either get it or I would bring it. But in both cases, I lead the league in that. Keep going. Well, the thing is, I don't play with a helmet because my body, whenever it is touched by another body, I didn't find that necessary because my body uh, didn't doesn't need it. My body doesn't need a helmet. Keep going. I wouldn't have had any need for pads. Uh, my my body, you see, the less that. I put on my body the the more it's able to to react to other bodies and what I mean to say by that is that when other bodies touch my body my body will push that body to the ground and fall on that body and that body will be hurt through no will of my own it's the way that I was born and the way that I was raised but I <laughs> can't help but think uh you know if i didn't have that sort of body maybe you know if i had a body that allowed me to touch a piano without breaking it if i had a body that allowed me to 
squeeze a tube of icing without squirting out the whole mess of it. The type of body I, I have uh, has really affected me. In a good way, you should live the life that your body lets you live. To do what you want to do, to live your the purpose of your body, you are your body. sort of just oh that's your song better get out there oh one more thing try to match the band's energy because the band is really good okay should i just yeah go? they're not gonna clap just go hi guys so great to be here uh you ever get in an argument with your significant other and they decide to attack the thing that you love most in the world for me they say you smack it you love smack and the only way to retaliate is to attack the thing that they love most in the world and you try to think what that is but all that comes out is i'm a smack it pass the smack I'd like to do a character for you now. His name is the very defensive, self-hating comedian. Are you laughing at me? Fuck you! Now, I'll just do a couple seconds of crowd work. Uh, excuse me, sir, where are you from? Me? You know, if I could actually get the band to stop playing for one second! Please! No, you know what? You're right. Louder! It's hard enough to do this fucking show with this retarded audience and these terrible jokes. I'm sorry. You know, you guys didn't come out tonight and pay money to have some asshole yell at you. You know, I'm starting to think that if I can't be funny while the band is playing, well, maybe that's not the band's problem. I came on stage tonight hating this band. And why? You know, maybe we're not so different. That maybe what separates us isn't actually real. It's invented. So we can ignore it. We can change it. We can choose how we feel. And maybe it's possible that life isn't all about crisis and contention and having the stage to ourselves, struggling to understand. And maybe to live it, we have to be better than our intentions. We have to share it with someone else. Share it with the band. Share it with the band. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to announce that I will be joining the band as the new player of whatever this instrument is!
minute hour. I'm here with a man who honestly, truly believes that uh, Jesus was the Son of God and that God exists, which is amazing. So I guess <clears throat> my, my, my main question is, uh, what's that like? Man, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's tops. It's the toppest thing you could ever think of. And I don't mean tapas like at a Spanish restaurant where they bring you little, tiny little bits of food. When I want a big plate of food, I mean toppest. The most top you can get. Your, your whole life could think, you know, there's no such thing as this and no such thing as that. But man, everything exists, you know? And God is like the thing that exists the most out of everything. And then Jesus is a version of that that's like me? Little old me? Are you kidding me? I, I can't be like Jesus. You know, that ain't me, huh? But then, you know, I bring it back down. I think, wait a second, Jesus was doing it just a special way. And, you know, he's, he, he, the way that he did his life is kind of like decorated. It's amazing. I can't even wrap my brain around how good it would feel to kiss Jesus' toes. And I would bring him around everywhere we went. Anywhere that I was going, if I was going to get food or I was going to pick up coffee in the morning, I would say, Jesus, would you like to come with? And we would go up to my roof at night. I got on the roof of my apartment building and you can see the city skyline. I'd bring Jesus up there. We'd have a couple brews and we'd, we'd be sipping our brews, looking at the skyline. And you know what? A moment. My, maybe uh, Jesus thinks for a second, you know, maybe I'm the king of all these little people, but maybe this little person in particular caught my interest. And maybe I want to do something about that. And maybe I turn to Jesus in that moment and I say, there are people in this world who don't, they, they, they think what they want to do, but they don't do it. Just think about what you're gonna do. You gotta, you gotta do what you're gonna do. It doesn't matter what you think. You gotta do it. And then maybe he turns his head very softly. He starts to lean into my head. And I think, my God, this is the moment where I will love Jesus in a way that we can share and think about how great it could be. But then, but then, he leans into his his beer. And he sips on it. And he says, yeah, that's true. But you can't do everything. And you think, my God. My God, Jesus is human. Just like you. My God, Jesus is human. Humans are God. Jesus being the Son of God, being God and being a human, that's what's important. We all have that power. And sometimes we give that power up. Jesus didn't believe in himself in that moment. Didn't believe in us. And that's okay.
listen so carefully right now. I'm going to teach you something that will change your life forever. I'm going to teach you how to wink. And I'll tell you, I've, I've winked with the best of them. I've winked in scenarios where you would think, a wink? That's what I've thought in my head is people are thinking that at me. I wouldn't wink if I were you. I know you like to wink, but now's not the time. Fuck you, buddy. You want to tell me when and where to wink? Listen to this, asshole. And then I wink. I give them a stone cold motherfucking wink that they will never forget. And I don't need to think about it, okay? And that's the number one rule of winking. If you need to think about a wink longer than the time that the wink would take, the wink is spoiled. It's turned. It's turned into a creepy bad wink that a creep would do. And I'll tell you something, I'm not a creep. I'm a winking maven slash extraordinaire. It's a gift. I want you to have it. Please, take it. I'm giving it to you. All right, I want you to practice on me, okay? I'm just going to say something. This is a sort of scenario, and I've just entered... I've, I came into your backyard, and I came up the trellis into your room your, of your parents' house, and open the window, and I say, Fuck me, do me. Fuck me, do me. In the butt. Get it on, on me. Do it hard and make it fast. And get it everywhere. And stink up the place. Let's do it. You need to wink. You need to wink. You thought about it for too long. Don't, don't get in your head about this wink. You just need to wink. Rule number one, don't think. Rule number two, don't blink. You gotta feel a wink from inside. You gotta push it outside. And then it's, it's gone, it's out of your hands. Once you've winked, it's done. If you think about a wink after you wink, you're gonna be thinking, what the, why the fuck did I just wink? I could use words, I could speak, I could smile, I could just bat my eyelashes and look pretty, look all pretty and nice and cute, but I winked like some sort of fucking deviant who's gonna attack you when the lights go off. But that's not who I am. Whether you think my winking is right or not, my winking is not all of me. And how dare you? How dare you? For reducing me to a wink. I'm going now. And I hope you've learned your lesson. Ugh. All your people are fed by dairy, my lord. Okay, kids, settle down. It's that time. Let's give a big Spartan welcome to Vice Principal Christeski. Hey, hey! All right, you're gonna come out. I can Burgers are good. You know what they call me, Janet? 
They call me the Burger Monday Burgermeister. Huh? Eh? Do the burgers. Come on. You trying to tell me you don't like them? Pistaski knows. We love you, Pistaski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And we all know who we're going up against tonight. The Nut City Buckeyes. how Brustaski feels about the Nut City Buckeyes. He'd like to give him one of these. And a little bit of this. And a little spritz of that. But he ain't allowed to do that anymore. So it's up to you, all of you. Bunch of bad eggs over in Nut City, huh? Oh, sure, they got a brand new cafetorium, but they are the people who brought heroin into this school. No, no, no. Bad. Brustaski says no. Brustaski says no. That's it. I see too many kids. Okay? Too many kids. It kills me to see you kids go down that path. Those Nut City Buckeyes don't have a life to lose, but you do. So fuck the Buckeyes, and fuck their new cafetoria, and fuck them for bringing heroin into my school and my home and into the innocent veins of my son. That's right. I found out last night that my son and everyone's favorite student, Brucey Brustaski, overdosed on Nut City heroin. They beat him and they injected heroin into his genitals, into his pee pee, until he was dead. I just got one thing to say. For him. For him. For him. For him. For him. For him. For him.
From the very dumb poet. Trees are like green, and I don't know what that means. I've won a thousand trophies, but I have no trophy polish. Light bulbs mean ideas, but I don't have any. I once heard a story of a man and his snake, and the snake's name was Jake. And all day and all night the snake slithered round, not making a sound, not making a sound. Snakes are green, like the trees. And now I think I know what that means. The snake is me, and I need to be like the trees. Not slithering round, but planting a seed. Weird. What does that mean? Like, I want to have a baby? That's fucking dumb. just got back from the coffee shop just around the corner and something kind of crazy just happened i walked in there and i've never been to this place before and i go up and i'm and i ask the lady do you have this menu's very big and confusing i don't see just regular coffee just a normal size a normal amount of coffee and just a normal coffee do you have that and so i actually just said you know do you have coffee she says Yes, it's a dollar fifty. I pull out my card. I don't have cash on me. And you know, she gives me she gives me this look. She gives me a real, and I'm I'm saying this now. She gives me a real done up look, a look that she's practiced. You see, this is the sort of look that I'm getting. It's something that that has intention, and it hits me at, at a thousand miles per hour, right in the face. It hits me really hard because it's early in the morning and I haven't had my coffee yet and as soon as it hits me I can feel that I'm giving a reactionary look a look just appears and I'm starting to spread this look around the cafe I just start to you know turn left and right and I've just got this look on my face like what is this look and I sort of look at the other people's faces and I'm sort of asking for them to make a look as well and I can't help but think when I, you know, I turn my head back to the to the cashier and she's still giving me this look and I can't help but think, how crazy is that? 
that she could give me this look, and I haven't, I've barely even said anything. And I'm just standing there in front of the register, thinking about this, and it really rattled me. Why do looks matter? Why does it worry us when people look at us? Why does it worry us even more when we look at ourselves? I don't know the answer to these questions. But I know that people like to look. They do. They can't help it. People like you and me like to see. See how things are. See how they work. But when you look too hard, you look like a jerk. Why can't we just let have an audio recording of a local self-defense seminar. Todd, do we have that clip? Okay, here it is. Okay, okay, everybody settle down. First rule of self-defense. If they have a gun, you are dead. Okay, this isn't some magic course where I can teach you how to dodge bullets. In real life, Someone pulls a gun on you, you fucking do whatever they ask, okay? You suck their fucking dick, or you finger blast them until they're satisfied because, brother, you just lost all your human rights, okay? They own you now. You are their slave for as long as they own a gun. And let me tell you something. If some dude has a mask and is holding a gun, fucking get in their car, shut your fucking mouth, and get ready to die because that motherfucker has a gun. A gun will kill you. It is a gun. You can't just break his gun. He would shoot you. He would shoot you and you'd be dead. He could decide to shoot you at any time. You should be terrified at every possible moment that he could end your fucking life. You should be on your knees begging him not to blow your fucking brains out. You should be saying, hey, my mom, she's rich. Let's go over to her house and rob it. You know, I got the key. And maybe he says, okay, yeah, sounds like a plan. You both go over there and you go in through the front door and you start to think, oh, jeez, I don't think mom's home, but I shouldn't be breaking into a house. And then he presses his fucking gun into your back, 
reminding you that he could make you a paraplegic if he gets a fucking twitch in his fucking finger. And you go into the house and you're pretty sure that Mara ain't home. She should be over at Robert's house by now. Oh, I bet Robert loves that. I bet Robert loves when Ma comes to his fucking condo at sundown so he can fucking defile her, defile the memory of her as your mother. And you start thinking about all the gross, psychosexual love games that they're going to be playing with each other when all of a sudden you hear footsteps. And they ain't your own. And they ain't the gunman's. And all of a sudden, Ma is at the stairs. God, she's beautiful. She sees you through the shadows. Jeremy, is that you? She says. Yeah, Ma, I thought you'd be over at Robert's by now. Oh, Robert can be so boring at times. And just like that, a hot bolt of lightning flashes down your spine and you don't know why. She starts to walk down the stairs, gripping the banister with her long, delicate fingers. Well, to be honest, Jeremy, I've been wanting to say this for a long time, but I think you're very attractive. A flash of a thousand terrible thoughts sprints across your brain. Can I do this? Can I be a man who fucks his own mother? Can I marry her? What would Robert think? Then, a familiar voice opens up from behind me. I wouldn't mind. The man holding the gun takes off his mask. It's Robert, the dirty fuckhound. In fact, this was my idea. Of course, you think. Robert convinced Ma to have a threesome with a mostly willing son. Well, not today, you think. Robert, you fucking pitiful bastard. I'll fucking kill you before I fuck you. I don't want to fuck my mom and her boyfriend. I just want to fuck my mom. They're both coming at you now with open mouths and unzipped flies and you freak. You freak, you're so full of confusion and rage and sexual panic that you just look and grab at Robert's hands. You try to get the gun away from him so that you can just run away and be free this terrible night forever. But Robert, he doesn't give up so easily. And now you're both jockeying for the gun. And no matter how much you pull, you just can't get the gun loose. So you bite down on Robert's hands, you know, to try and loosen the grip on the gun. And all of a sudden... off. The gun. The gun that killed Ma. Knives are also bad. It's just about sundown and the following is a mandatory government order. Go to bed.